0: May your word go forth to accomplish that which you have purposed, and prosper in that for which it was sent. Amen. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Here we are at the end of the year. Christ the King, our last Sunday and ordinary time before Advent, and it's, of course, the end of the year, so next Sunday, when you arrive, Advent 1, you'll be saying Happy New Year. And Christ the King Sunday is a wonder of a day in itself. We read the lections for today, the story of Pilate's first confrontation with Jesus in the Praetorium in John chapter 18. And Pilate asks the twin questions of Jesus' person and action. Who are you? What did you do? Pilate seemingly is trying to get at who, the who, and the what of Jesus, his identity. And yet, he couldn't be further away from getting at it. And let's hear it for Jesus. He answers neither of Pilate's questions. He is is positively dip, duck, dive, dodging out of them, and we really understand best why this is in the context of John's gospel. I've said this before, the lectionary, uh, about the lectionary, and I'll say it again today about today's gospel lesson, all five verses of it is almost laughably short for the occasion. You just can't get a good sense of what's going on here unless you see the context. And so, you might think of today's gospel lesson as like a tightrope walker, poised between two skyscrapers, the one before, the farewell discourse, and the skyscraper skyscraper after is the passion. Today, the grand festival of Christ the King Sunday, and seven verses after our lesson ends, Jesus will receive a crown of thorns. And the chapters before this lesson compose one of the most amazingly mysterious and powerful discourses in Scripture, the farewell discourse, where Jesus says, among other things, he draws an unyielding antithesis, an utter contrariety between his message and the world, the cosmos. As much as you are loved and accepted by God with equal measure, Expect that you will be hated and rejected by the world, Jesus tells the disciples. And so, at this very moment of our gospel lesson, as Jesus revealed the world for what it is, and as he's about to receive a crown of thorns, just at this moment, as he arrives at his death sentence hearing, Pilate asks, So, you're the king of the Judeans or what? The irony could not be more fabulously awful. The tension could not be more incredibly sorrowful. And what we are witnessing could not be more gloriously atrocious. He deflects all kingly imagery in reference to the truth. He wants nothing to do with what Pilate thinks of as a king. For at this moment, Jesus knows that to them, he is only the king of scorn and mockery. Don't you hear the anticipation? Can't you feel the expectation gathering up? Yes, yes, the festival of Christ the King Sunday is here, and the coronation is at hand quick don your finest apparel and ready people your most festive spirit the world is receiving its king of derision and we must give our full royal reception the crown of thorns yes a shabby purple robe perfect gather around your king you servants of his it is beginning his coronation service hark The derision and insults ringing out. See, spit and strikes are showered upon him with generous abundance. Behold, he is arrayed in stripes before us. All hail, all hail. Do not withhold your highest honors of humiliation, a mocking his acclamation a scourging his investiture, bestow upon his head a thorned crown and place in his hand, instead of a scepter, a nail, upon his back, instead of a cape, a cross, and usher him to his throne and let him sit high upon it or hang from it, rather. Don't you feel it? Christ the King is Good Friday, and there's nothing here in these five verses except exquisitely cruel travesty of kingship. And it is no wonder then that here in our lesson, Jesus doesn't speak to Pilate, he gives him nothing. Pilate's task as governor is primarily military. He commands the auxiliary garrison of troops, and at this very moment, he holds the sword, and at this very moment, he stands as executioner, and so he brings the full brunt of the world's violence and deals death its harshest hand, and there was silence. Like Jesus's silence before his inquisitor, there was, we are given, the silence of the tomb He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, and the world shouted for his crucifixion. But out of that silence, there is a—oh, I can hear it now—there is swelling, a joyful strain, wonderful shouts that he is—what? Risen? Can't you hear it? There is a tune that rises up eve- eve- over the Broadway party buses. It is the joyful strain of Alleluia, and there is a flag that flies over the flapping Tennessee Titan car window flags as they usher around the sacred Nissan Stadium. This flag that flies is the flag of peace, and there is a citizen reforming that sees not power and privilege, but truth and love, and it is the new community of the kingdom proclaiming a new reign of resurrection. For ultimately, people, we see here on this day that there is no division between God and the world, because by his death, he destroys death and unleashes a new kind of kingdom that makes everything new. It is positively transfiguring, the cosmos, into a new reality of spirit and light. There is a new king, the king of kings, embodied in the very body of God, Otto Basileia, the kingdom come in person. And by his rejection of Pilate's kingship, he establishes a new one and reveals that the kingdom is him, he contains within himself the reign of God, and we, this morning, were just on the brink of it. And so, be renewed in the wonderful mystery of those words that you pray so often. Those words that are so familiar, may you be conducted into their depths. May those words that you pray take you more fully into his reign as you so often say. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.